0: morning and welcome to worship. Uh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Would you please stand as we uh, sing our hearts out today to the Lord that we would worship Him in spirit and in truth. And uh, just know that you are standing right now, most of you, and you are standing in His love as you uh, live your life in Christ. We are standing in Him knowing that we are never alone. Amen? Amen. Amen. Put your hands together, too, if you want to. Come on, try it. Yeah!
1: That's good! When darkness tries to roll over when sorrow comes to steal the joy I own. When brokenness and pain is all I know. Well, I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. Cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I'm standing in your love. Doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Shame no longer has a place to hide. And I am not a captive to the lies. That's right. That's right. I'm not afraid to leave my past behind and I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, my fear. Doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Oh, I'm standing. There's power that can break off every chain. There's power that can empty out a grave. Yeah. There's resurrection power that can save. There's power in your name. There's power Chain. there's power that can empty out a grave yeah. there's resurrection power that can save there's power in your name there's power in your name and my fear doesn't stand a chance when i stand in your love my fear Doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love my fear Doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love Oh, When when I'm standing in your love, oh my fear Doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love my fear Doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love my fear Doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love.
0: be seated for a second we welcome you to worship today and so glad that you decided to come and and be a part of this church this place for such a time as this uh, man it's just been crazy hasn't it crazy days and uh, we are so glad that we have one another more importantly than that we have the Lord to get us through every trial every day the lord is willing and able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything we could ever hope ask or think does anybody here believe that today yes. yes we are not alone hallelujah isn't that good for those of you that are online and you're tuning in thank you thank you that you are taking time to worship at home or wherever you might be you might be at some friend's house whatever it is we're glad that you were able to uh, tune in to this worship service today, and worship is exactly what we hope you will do, where you are at. When Scripture says where only two or three are gathered, when you gather in the name of Jesus, he's there in the midst. Can anybody say amen to that? We don't have to worry about whether he's going to show up or not. He's always here with us when we gather in his name, and when we accept Christ, know ye not that you are the temple of the living God? He goes with us wherever we go. He hears whatever we hear, and we can give thanks that his grace will continue and never fail. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just let that soak in for a little bit. He can do anything. This next song, it's an older song. But man, it just seems so appropriate for the times that we're going through right now. The name of it is Healer. We can call on God to be a lot of things for us, to us. And uh, maybe some of you know somebody that needs healing. Maybe it's not just physical, because there's plenty of, of paranoia going on about what's going on in our world, right? This crazy virus stuff. But I believe we all know somebody that's sick mentally, emotionally, maybe relationally. Maybe you know somebody that just needs, man, I just need that extra God power to, to help my marriage be what it's supposed to be. I, I need that extra presence and power and wisdom at work, whatever it might be. And so I just want to call on you, church, as I call on us, worship team. And those in our booth, thank you guys for all you do. Man, they, they work so faithfully to do what they do. Thank you. To God be the glory. But that all of us, as we, as we sing this song, uh, it would be a, a prayer as well as for ourselves and for others that we know because God is willing and able to do anything and we can call on him. Would you stand once again as we continue our worship today? And, and as we do, um, let this also be um, a, a song of intercession uh, of those that you know that, that, that need a special touch. Maybe a, a friend that's going through a, a relationship where their, their marriage is in need of, of just that power of God to bring healing to the relationship. Uh, Maybe you know somebody at work or maybe work has got some challenges that um, you're just not sure how to respond. Do you talk about it with somebody or do you just keep it quiet? Whatever it is. Would you pray with me? Oh God, in Jesus' name we just come and we're grateful that we know that you are here. You promised us that when we gather in your name, even if there was just two of us here today, you'd be in our midst. God, I pray that your presence would be so real to all those who come, for all those who are at home or wherever they're at viewing this service, that it wouldn't be entertainment or just something that they do, but it would be worship. You would hear from their hearts, whatever their needs are, God. You would be faithful to them and answer those prayers mightily. So, God, we come in need. Thank you for being the one who will meet our every need. In Jesus' name. for somebody you know needs that healing Jesus' name, may it be so. I want you to uh, call on your memory right now. I want you to remember a time in your life, maybe recent, even as recent as this week, or maybe it was years ago, where God showed up big. You prayed for someone or something. Maybe you prayed for yourself. Maybe there's something going on. You just knew that God had to, had to do something. And you didn't know what. You really didn't even know how to pray, perhaps, but you just said, oh, God, help. Maybe somebody's here today, and that's all you want to say. God help. I'm so glad you came today, if that's you. I'm so glad you tuned in today, if that's you. He hears you. think back in your past. Remember. Just like he, he told the people of Israel, remember.
1: Looking around these walls and I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me yet And waiting for change to knowing the battles won for you have never failed me yet your promise still stands great is your faithfulness faithfulness I'm still in your hands, and this is my confidence, you've never. sing your praise again. Come on, he's still enough this morning. Sing it to him. Jesus, you're still enough. Jesus, you're still enough. So keep us within your love. And my heart will sing your praise again. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. And I'm still in your hands. And this is my confidence. You never fail. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Still in your hands, and this is my confidence, you've never. In your hands and this is my confidence you've never failed your promise still stands great is your faithfulness your faithfulness come on your promise. in your hands and this is my confidence you've never failed
0: fail, Lord. You never fail. You're always present. You're always at work on our behalf. So, Lord, we come, and together we say, oh, Lord, do it again. Do your miracle work and power. Bring your healing. Bring your providence. Bring us guidance. Give us peace. Give us courage to walk on the path that you've called us to. In the name of Jesus, who makes all things possible, all the people of God said, amen. You may be seated.
2: All right. Well, let's thank God for our team. Thank you all. Appreciate you. All right. Appreciate you all being here. Welcome online. Welcome if you're uh, here uh, with us uh, today. First Kings 19, we're going to look at a couple of uh, chapters uh, around there. We're looking at uh, a study, a biographical study of the life of Elijah and September is Suicide Prevention Month, and uh, if we go through Elijah's life, we realize that he dealt with some depression. And my guess is you in your life, or a child or a parent have uh, struggled with depression, and uh, we wanna see what does God have to say about this? How can we be helped uh, during this time of physical isolation or social distancing to help us to be able to deal with the struggles that we go through. So let's bow our heads and ask God for guidance this morning, all right? Dear Father, I ask that you would help me and help each person that is listening this morning. I pray that we'd have a better understanding of the abundant life that you have for us and to be honest with ourselves when uh, we deal with those uh, dark periods, those struggles. And Lord, may we look in faith to realize that you do have brighter days ahead for every one of us, for our country, for our community, for our church, for our families, and for each individual that is listening this morning. God, I pray that you would speak to us and help your servants to hear your word and to live it out. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Well... uh, Every August, our family, as the kids were growing up, we would want to try to take a last few days and hit the beach and spend some time away, and something else happens in the month of August as well. If you turn the TV on, Shark Week comes on, doesn't it? And uh, what a terrible time to go to the beach after you've watched a show like that. Maybe if you were around in 1975 when Jaws came out, right, and nobody wanted to go to the the beach or at least get in the water after they uh, watch that movie well Paul and I was uh, we were watching uh, shark week a little bit uh, this year and we saw a show about the killer whale and uh, as we watched it we learned that they would work together in their teams to be able to get their prey and one thing they would do is look for uh, a dolphin that was isolated Those dolphins, when they were together, they were stronger together. They were able to defend themselves just because of their numbers. But when one would shear off, they would kind of start going around that one. And as that dolphin would try to swim away, all they would do is just try to outlast them. And just stay until that individual dolphin eventually got weary. Then the attack took place. Well, the Bible says that Satan's a roaring lion, and we can look at the life of lions and see the same thing. They look for that prey that's weak. They look for that prey that's isolated, and Satan wants to isolate us as well. He wants us to get out on our own. That's what a, a, uh, uh, one that seeks after prey wants to do. They want to isolate. And it's easy for us to get isolated as well. Maybe you can help me answer this question this morning. When Jesus was tempted for 40 days by Satan, where was Jesus? Can you tell me? He was in the wilderness, right? Yeah, he was isolated. He was alone. He had 40 days of fasting, physically weak and emotionally alone. In the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, chapter 4, verse 9 says, Two are better than one. You know if you're alone that that's the case, that we can be isolated, that we can be alone. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. And the next verse says this, For if they fall, have you ever been alone when you're down? That's not a good time. One will lift up his companion, but woe, that's a strong word that says this is a miserable time. Woe to him who is alone when he falls. Why? For he has no one to help him up. You see, we are social creatures. God made us that way. He wanted us to have relationship. Certainly we need a relationship with God, but we need a relationship with other people as well. We learned that in Genesis chapter 2. It's not good to be alone. God does not want us to be isolated. We need to have human relationships. I was driving down 17 or 95 the other day, and I saw a 15-passenger van It had a homeschool bumper sticker on the back, and this is what it said. Unsocialized kids aboard. And I thought that was uh, pretty humorous on their uh, part, but uh, uh, the reality, we all need socialization, don't we? We all need to have relationships. Gary Chapman, in his great book, The Five Love Languages, said that the acts of service, gift-giving, physical touch, quality time and words of affirmation are all needed in our life. And during times of physical distancing, many of those, that are, they are, get avoided. We don't uh, enjoy them or take part of them the way we need to. I've always said when you're, as your kids are growing up, make sure they have touch, time, and talk. Those three are vital in our life, that our kids need our physical touch, they need our time, and they need us to talk, not to lecture, but to have dialogue. If you're a single, social distancing has been very difficult for many singles. It has been hard on families. Maybe you're used to getting together with other people, and you haven't been able to do that as often. It's been a difficult season for some families and for churches as well. We come together, we don't shake hands, we don't hug, maybe no high fives. This has been a difficult season, and if we're not careful, we can end up in an emotional cave. In this series, I'm talking about Elijah, the prophet, and God said to him, Elijah, get out of that cave. Many people are struggling with loneliness. Uh, I can think of, even before I started the series, but since I started this series, people that have contacted me. People that I grew up with or uh, people that are in our community. We've heard terrible stories of people taking their life. People that are even in our church that have struggles emotionally with anxiety, fear, depression, discouragement. All of these issues. And Elijah ends up in a cave. And you know, you don't have to be physically alone to feel lonely either. Elijah, and and I'm not taking time to deal with this whole story, so go back and read uh, 1 Kings 17, 18, and 19. But there was a time he was around a lot of Israelites and a lot of the false prophets. And right in the middle of this large congregation, Elijah comes on the scene in in, uh, chapter 18, verse 21. Elijah came to all the people and said, see, that all the people, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him, but if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Next verse says this. And Elijah said to the people, I alone am left. He was not physically alone. But because of some decisions that he made, because he pulled back in his own life, and we're going to look at that today, he ends up saying that I am all alone. Do we have any hyper-independent people that you can pick yourself up by your bootstrap and you can do it? And if you want it done right, do it yourself, right? Any people like that in here? Anybody online? Nobody's going to raise your hand. My hand's up. Okay. All right. Pointing. Thank you for pointing at others. All right. That can be some qualities that we have. You jab them in the side. Maybe that's what they need this morning. If we're not careful, we can be like that and say, I am alone. And we ask ourselves, why am I alone? Well, because we've backed ourselves into the cave so often. And if we're not careful, we don't develop the relationships that we need. We can end up in this cave. It's a terrible place to end up in a cave. Some of you have been there. When we end up in a cave, we start talking to ourselves. You know, the thoughts that we have can go in the wrong direction. Now, I'm not against self-talk. I have a picture that I I, uh, like and uh, just kind of want to show it to you. And hopefully online you can see this uh, little picture here as well. But we see a girl talking to herself. I don't know if you can see it, but she's talking to herself in the mirror. And she says, I like talking to myself. And her mirror image says, me too. And then she says, ha, you're so funny and uh, that's not funny to you but I tell you, that's how I talk to myself that's why I think it's funny I think I'm just hilarious I don't know why you don't laugh a lot when I tell jokes because I think they're just very very funny I kinda think like that nobody else thinks like that okay I'll go uh, talk to a counselor this week but alright anyway that negative self-talk can get us going in a wrong direction and Satan wants us To start thinking negatively toward others or negatively toward herself. I have one more picture, and I hope hope you can see this. Look at what this person is uh, doing in this picture. It's a little meme. I asked my kids if they had seen that because I I don't look at too many memes, but they uh, have this. Here's a guy hitting another guy. Notice what it says. It's me hitting me with me. Now, you know what? We can be our own worst enemy. Have you ever beaten yourself up? I mean, I thought for years, especially as I started pastoring, if I can just beat myself up enough that I can be that perfectionist that I need to be. And then I learned something, that there's enough people around me that don't mind criticizing or want to beat me up that I don't even need to do it. Have you ever realized that? If you're going to take the lead of anything, you will face enough criticism. You don't need to beat yourself up. David encouraged himself. He didn't beat himself up. Anybody here, sometimes you can beat yourself up? That's what happens in the cave. That's why the cave is such a bad place. We start looking negatively toward ourselves, or we start looking negative towards others, and we forget that we are in a spiritual battle, not against flesh and blood, and we start thinking, the police are the problems. The rioters are the problems. The Democrats are the problems. The Republicans are the problems. It's my teacher, they're the problem. It's my coach, they're the problem. It's my parents, it's my kids. Whatever we want to say, we start blaming other people in the cave. And in chapter 9, verse 9, And there he went into a cave, and he spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What? Are you doing here, Elijah? Remember what Elijah's role was, what his calling was? Elijah, the what? The prophet. What does the prophet do? He speaks to people for God. Now, in isolation, there can be solitude, and that's not bad. He had spent that time in, in nature in some earlier chapters, if you read chapter 17. And so some solitude is good, but the cave is isolation, and it's not good. And God comes on the scene, and he says, what are you doing here? Because you might be able to hear from God, often we don't, but you certainly cannot fulfill your calling in a cave. When you're all alone and separated, I mean, he was a prophet. He was to speak to people. And God says, what are you doing here? Last week we talked about how did I get here, and we talked about unmet expectations and the criticism that Elijah faced and uh, his reaction to some of those uh, situations where he felt like a failure or he got angry and bitter or even became a perfectionist. But today we're going to talk about this idea, what am I doing here? If you are in a cave right now, maybe you're watching online, Maybe there's some other people around or you're all alone. You're in a coffee shop listening to this or you're in your bedroom and have this on watching your cell phone. Or maybe you're sitting here uh, this morning and you feel like you are in this emotional cave. How do we get here? What are some things that need to take place? Well, look at James 5.17. We have it on the screen behind us. If you recall, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. He prayed and God answered his prayer. He was a man of prayer that even though he was spiritually doing what he should do to a large extent, though he had some failures, he was a praying man, but he still ended up being subject to his passions. He was human. And as humans, we get discouraged, and as we get discouraged, if we're not careful, we can even become depressed. Good people, wonderful people, spiritual people, church-going people, Christian people, right, can get depressed. And he says, as we are, it can happen to all of us. In chapter 19, verse 3, we see this. And when he saw that, meaning Jezebel was trying to kill him, he arose and he ran for his life. And he went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. He's running away. We see him fleeing. He's isolating the servant he had with him now. He leaves him behind. And verse 4, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. You see, when you're down... You want to isolate. You don't want to be around people. I can't go to church today. I'm so discouraged. Hey, that's probably the time you need to be in church. I can't talk to anybody. I'm so down. Well, it's probably the time that you need some relationships in your life. But he himself, on a day's journey into the wilderness, he came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die. Now, that's pretty discouraged, isn't it? Man, I don't think I can take it anymore. He says, it is enough. Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. What was going on in Elijah's life? Let me tell you three reactions that Elijah faced here. The first, he was overwhelmed Emotionally. Now look at verse 4 again Right in the middle there He says It is enough He's saying I can't take it anymore He's hopeless He has the idea Why even try I can't Maybe Why me? Why is it always me? Why do I get stuck in the long line At the grocery store? Why do I have this? Why does, is it always me? Some self-pity Victimization Sarcasm comes in I just can't take it anymore. It is enough. Remember the Bible says that I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And there's nothing taking you that's overtaking you. But such is common to man. But God is faithful, right? He's not going to put anything on you that you can't handle. He's overwhelmed emotionally because he says, it's enough. I can't take it anymore. And then secondly, the way he views himself. He says, I am no better than my father's. Notice how he views himself. He views himself as worthless, unworthy. I don't deserve it. He enters into a self destructive behavior. He's inadequate. He's self deprecating. He's feeling worthless. I am no better than anybody else. That's what happens in the cave, doesn't it? You start talking to yourself and say, I can't deal with it any longer. Why do I have to deal with this? Nobody's helping me. I have all these issues going around. He was overwhelmed emotionally. But secondly, he was exhausted physically. This is interesting. Look at verse 5. Then as he lay and slept under the broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. Well, that's not. God comes on the scene. He's ministering to him here. Even... As he's running away from God and running away from people, God shows up on the scene, and he's ministering to him. And in verse 6, then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank, and he lay down again. Man, he is tired. He is exhausted. You know, when somebody's down, we say, you need to get up and get out of bed. And what do they say? I just can't. I am just weighted down. I am so heavy. I don't think I can deal with it. Well, you need to exercise. Well, I can't exercise. I am just so exhausted I can't. They say, well, if you exercise, you'll have energy, which I don't know about you. Anytime I've exercised, I've had no energy afterward. You know, I don't quite uh, get that. But anyway, uh, is the problem that you are so tired you don't exercise? Or is it that you don't exercise so you're so tired? And probably both are true, right? But we're only focused on the one at that point. I can't do it. I can't do it. And he's exhausted here. But let me tell you one reason that he was so tired. In chapter 18, when he was coming against the prophets of Baal, as he stood up and he said, make a decision, are you going to pray to Baal or are you going to pray to the true God? There's something I noticed that he did that wasn't very effective. Chapter 18, verse 30 says this. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me, so all the people came near to me. And notice, notice all of the verbs, all of the actions of Elijah. You may even want to underline it in your Bible. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Notice the next verse. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob. Notice verse 32. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seahs of seed. I don't know how large that is, but you can imagine that he's picking up these stones, not little rocks, probably some pretty large stones, 12 of them, and he makes an altar. He fixes it up. He repairs it. He gets the wood. He digs this big pit all the way around it. Why does he do it? Because he says throughout this story, because I'm all alone. I'm the only one that can do it. In this season of the past six months, moms, where you've probably been working, and maybe you've never homeschooled before, but now you're homeschooling, And you're taking care of the bills and the responsibility and all the the stress that's been in this season and all the things that you do. And your kids can't wash a cup and the sink's overflowing. They didn't make their bed. Your husband doesn't take the trash out. Your teenagers don't mow the lawn or whatever the case might be. And you feel like nobody's willing to help me. Now, ladies, you've probably never felt that way. I'm just telling you how my house kind of goes, you know. I, I did a terrible thing, really, as the kids were growing up, the dishes. And uh, I would say, dishes are women's work. I'm not doing them. And I don't know why, but the boys said, that's women's work. I'm not going to do it. Paula would get mad. Dishes didn't get uh, done. She got frustrated, ended up doing them, right? And then it probably still happens uh, uh, the same way as well. Why doesn't anybody help? And I'm like, okay. Dad, if you're watching, I mean, I've seen him for years. When my mom got sick, he started doing all the dishes, and he's a tough guy. I have to say that. And so I I had to kind of repent of that and say, no, it's okay for guys to do dishes. So I say, John and Connor, go do the dishes, you know. So I was kind of, anyway, enough about my confession. Let's talk about yours for a little bit. But moms, you realize there's a lot of stress in the season, isn't it? maybe even ministry leaders around here. You're serving on a team, you don't have enough help, and you think, why doesn't anybody want to do anything? And what often happens, somebody says, nobody wants to help around here. Well, when you get to that attitude where nobody wants to help, and you go and talk to somebody, you want to help? No, I didn't think you would, you know. You're probably not going to enlist anybody to help when you have that kind of attitude as well. Now, here's my question. Why did Elijah... Try to do it all himself. Or let me answer it even better. Because Here's how you study the Bible. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible mean? And here's where we want to get to practically. What does the Bible mean to me? Why do you and I try to do too much? You know, if you are an overworker here, I mean, you've got to be in the office extra hours or now you're at home and the computer's there and the, the phone's there and people are always in touch with you and you have to be on it so regular and you don't feel like you can uh, you know, just enjoy your family. or Why? And there's probably some layers of that onion that you need to start peeling back to get to the root of the problem. Why do I feel so independent? Why do I feel so overwhelmed? Why am I emotionally exhausted or physically exhausted in my life? You see, he was so physically drained that he's laying there. God feeds him. He falls back asleep. He just feels like, I can't take it anymore. I am no better. We need to rest. We need to get the right rest. When we are depressed, we're probably not sleeping as well as we should. And God wants us to rest well. We should have those pauses. Jesus said, the Sabbath was not made for God, it was made for man. I gave you time to rest for you to sit back. Hey, we're going to start seeing the leaves change, and they're going to fall. We're going to see the beauty of the autumn season. But if we're so busy in life, even doing good things, we end up in a cave and just nobody wants to help. I'm all alone. Why me? we can get to the point, what's the use? Why even live? We need to rest, we need to eat right, we need to exercise, we need to take care of ourselves. There can be that emotional exhaustion, that physical exhaustion, which leads to the third thing that he does here. He isolates relationally. See that in verse nine and there he went into a cave he spent the night in that place and behold the word of the Lord came and said what are you doing here Elijah you are a prophet your job your role is to go preach to people and you can't preach to anybody except yourself here and and all you're doing is having negative self-talk what are you doing here he's saying get out of the cave well notice what Elijah says in verse 10. So he said, I have been very zealous. Now remember, he had this negative self talk. Now notice what he's doing. He sees himself more highly than he ought to think. He views himself in very high order here. I am very zealous. What are you doing here? Let me tell you what I'm doing here. I am doing all the work of the Lord. Remember, I'm the only one God. Where's everybody else, this martyr complex that he's taking? I'm very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. Now, notice his criticism toward others. When we get discouraged and depressed, we're negative toward other people. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant. I tell you why I'm here in a cave. You remember, I'm a prophet. A prophet goes and tells people what they're doing wrong, and they are rotten to the core. They have not fulfilled your covenant. They've torn down your altars and killed your prophets with a sword. I alone am left. You ever feel that way? Why don't people do their job? Why didn't my family take care of what they're supposed to? Why is it always me? So verse 13, God comes again, the last few words. What are you doing here, Elijah? Verse 14. I've been very zealous of the Lord. You heard that before? Because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with a sword, I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Over and over and over again. The story doesn't change. They're not fixing anything, but they are fixated on the problem. What's going on? Well, 20 years ago, you did this. Well, 10 years ago, well, last week. And what I know we talked about it. I asked for forgiveness. You know, remember that? We're supposed to be working beyond it. Yeah, but notice what so-and-so did. And the pastor 30 years ago, and my parents did this, and whatever the case might be. And you know what happens when you complain all the time and, and positive people they get tired of hearing it? They start backing away, don't they? Like, I'm just fed up with it. I've tried to help them. They don't listen. They just say over and over and over and over and over again. I'm just tired of listening to it. And then you're here in a cave all alone. And you're saying, see, I knew they'd leave me. I knew they really didn't care. Where's my friends? They haven't called me in six months with this COVID thing. You see what goes on in our thinking? And you end up all alone in this cave just like that little dolphin with the killer whales lonely tired and at the point that you give up the wicked one is ready to attack join me next week we're going to talk about how Moses or how how last week I heard I said Jonah was in the cave did I, I saw some of you laughing at one point did I did you hear me say Jonah got out of the ark yeah, anybody? Okay. And, and Paula reminded me later it was Moses that got out of the ark, so I appreciate her uh, biblical scholarship. Anyway, uh, see, here's what happens I've preached my heart out, worked hard all week, preached my heart out. I go home and eat lunch, and I ask a stupid question How was the service? And they tell me what I did wrong for the day, right? And I say, Well, what did, what did God say to you? I don't know, but you, you said Jonah instead of Noah, you know? So, but anyway. I'm confessing their sins now, so uh, here's something in life, if you're going to do anything for God, you better just learn to laugh, and you better learn to laugh at yourself, right? Because we will mess up enough in life. I've just gone through life aloof enough to think people must like me, so I act like they like me, and sometimes people come up to me and say, so-and-so doesn't like you, and I said, don't even tell me. I don't even want, I want to just pretend like everybody likes me, you know? And if you don't like me, don't send me an email, don't tell me or whatever. Just fake it a little bit and then I'll be happy and you can be happy, right? But listen, why worry about those 10 people that are critics and want to hurt you and have hurt you in the past when there's billions of people on this earth? God's got a plan for your life. God has purpose for your life. We're going to talk about that hope next week. But let me say this. I know I've been joking a little bit. If you are struggling, please talk to a counselor. Talk to a leader. Talk to one of your teachers, a coach, your parents. Find somebody that you can trust, that you can entrust your heart with. Don't deal with depression alone. That's why the church is so vital. That's why we want you to sign up for a small group. I got an email this week that said this. We all know people struggling with depression, anxiety, loneliness, boredom, stress, emotional or psychological discomfort right now. And this can be an easy trigger, or can easily trigger a desire to escape, avoid, and disassociate. Don't allow this time. To push you into a cave. Where are you, Elijah? Get out of the cave and get around some people. And if you don't know of any people around, we just sang a beautiful song that Jesus, you're all I need. Jesus said this in Hebrews 13:5, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And God is there. There to minister to our hurts, to minister to our confusion, to help us when our mind isn't thinking correctly, and allow Him to make that change in your life. Then, as quickly as possible, get some people around you that can help you during this discouraging time. Let's just bow our heads for just a moment. Friend, if you're a Christian facing this season, Peter said it this way, we all go through those seasons of suffering. But God wants to give us joy unspeakable and full of glory. Let him bring that joy back in your life. He wants to give you an abundant life. Friend, maybe you're here and your relationship with Christ is sort of confusing or even unknown at this point. The relationship with God starts with Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. A pastor can't do it. A church can't do it. A baptism can't do it. Only Jesus can do it. That's why he died for us. And the third day he rose again. If you haven't called on his name for salvation, trust him today. Let him Take your hurts, cast your cares upon Him, let Him pay for your sins so you don't have to pay for it for all eternity. That's the beautiful thing with Jesus. He offers us grace. And if you're hurting right now, He wants to give you grace. Let's stand for this song of invitation. Friend, make a decision right now. What are you going to do? Teenager, you're struggling. Senior saint, you're dealing with difficulties, let's turn it over to God. And let's take some next steps to get out of that cave today. Let's sing.
3: Lord, I come, I confess. fun sin runs deep. Comes my way, and when I cannot stand or fall on You, Jesus, You're my hope and stay. And when I cannot stand or fall on You, Jesus, You're my hope and stay. Lord, I need you, oh.
2: Father, may you minister to hearts this morning. I pray for that couple that's struggling, that you would offer them your grace and wisdom to get out of that cave of difficulty they're dealing with. I pray for the singles that are here. That you would help them as they get down. Place a friend, place some people in their life. God, give them the desires of their heart. I pray for our young people, those that are parenting, that are working from home, the moms that are working hard with the double duty of responsibility. I pray for our ministry leaders here. God, may we look to you and love you with all of our heart to love our neighbor as ourselves. Help us to reach out to help those that are hurting. Speak to our heart of the next steps. God, I pray that you would give hope to that discouraged individual today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you can be seated. Let me just read you a quick note and then I'll turn it over to Garrett uh, if you're around here so many people help with uh, the building cleanup and uh, the grounds and uh, I'm so appreciative but somebody sent a, uh, a love gift this week and they said dear folks I am sending this contribution to your church in honor and to thank Don and Helen Bailey for being such kind neighbors to me he's been wonderful mowing my lawn this summer and uh, well, I thought, wow, thanks for loving your neighbor of you guys, and I appreciate that. That's wonderful. All right, we come and close this out. All right, thank you, Kevin.
4: Wow, what, a, what an incredible act of service, man. That's awesome. I've known Don for quite some time, and he brings a smile to my face every time I see him, and I'm sure he does to many of you as well. Uh, well, thanks to <clears throat> Pastor Tim for a great message this morning. Isn't God good? Let's give God a hand this morning. Man, yeah. A great message well thanks for joining us this morning for you guys online thanks for tuning in uh, what a privilege to be able to share hey. in this experience with you guys so if you haven't had thanks. a chance to go to the facebook page make sure you go you visit that uh and like oh, that and thanks keep. to our team you back there for, for providing us uh, the online oh. service every sunday you guys do a great job so a couple of announcements so uh you can give your tithe and offering a number of different ways with boxes on the stage Uh, We have online giving. You can do it through the website, or you can do it through the Choice Center app, or you can do it through text message. So there's a number of different ways that you can give uh, this morning. Make sure that you sign up for small groups. I was thinking about small groups, and and I've shared this with with Britt, but I remember a time in college where I was very reluctant. It was early on in my college life, and I was very reluctant to get involved with groups because I've been hurt by groups in the past. There's a number of different things. And I remember going through this cycle, every time I went to groups, I never left disappointed. But there was always this, this thought in my mind prior to going, of like, man, I really don't want to go. I have to spend time there. I have to engage in conversation, right? And then I'd inevitably go, and I'd leave, and I'd be like, man. And I was reminded of verse in 1 Corinthians where Paul says, they refreshed my spirit. And that's the way I felt every time I left groups. So I would just encourage you guys, get involved this fall. We have some great groups. Uh, they're meeting in person, meeting in person and online, online only. So if you're online, make sure you get signed up as well. Don't spend this season alone. Make sure you fellowship outside, underneath the portico, and make sure you remain socially distanced. Uh, if you want to, um, but you can do so outside. So, Pastor Tim's not in here. I was going to tell him he was actually pretty funny this morning. I was appreciative of his humor in his in his message. But I'm going to dismiss you guys by section. You guys have a great. Oh, youth meeting after church. So room 209 after this service or okay after this service youth meeting room 209 down the hall uh, for those of you who want to attend that so i'll just miss you guys by section have a great rest of your sunday and enjoy your week this.